here's where you are right now. You don't have a muscle up. Let's assess where you are on like upper body pulling strength. Let's see if there's anything that structurally is going to limit you. If there's any pain with certain movements and here's how long it's typically, typically going to take. And here are the people in our gym who are where you want to go. And here's how long they have been here. Right. And here's the process. And we say this all the time to people is say, you know, the people who are look the best in here, cause that's a major driver for most mm-hmm. people. They want to look good. Uh, the people who look the best and the people who are performing the best and the people who are potentially on regionals teams or advancing to masters qualifiers, winning local stuff or, you know, anything like that. They're the ones who've been here the longest and have not taken long breaks. So it just takes patience and consistency. I am an everyday athlete. I am an everyday athlete. Good morning, everyone. This is Jarrett Bassin with Mark McCain, and you are listening to Everyday Athlete, a podcast devoted to bringing you the amazing stories behind the lives of day-to-day CrossFit athletes like yourself. And I feel like we need to like specifically change that intro because we've been or, like talking to non or non uh, kind of everyday it's a, athletes. It's a work in progress. It's I'm, a work in progress. I'm pretty everyday. Yeah. <laughs> at this stage. It's all right. Well, yeah. today we have Stephen Flam. We are actually at his uh, his facility, Cincinnati Strength. So uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us yeah. over here. Appreciate it. Um, and this is the second week in a row we've had two amazing beards back to back. So yeah. last week we had Dupree, which was uh, one of your athletes, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was here for a few years. Yeah. And uh, and so today we are actually at the facility, which is pretty exciting stuff. I've been here a couple times and, and Mark as well. So it's always good to get out and uh, enjoy the, the scenery, so to speak. So. Um, and really what, would, what I want to do is really just talk about your story, where you've been, where you came from, how you got there, um, and really just dive in a little bit. Because you're, I, I want, one of the things Mark and I was talking about on the way up here was how your training is just a little bit different than I think what most people think of when they think of CrossFit. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and kind of where, where that kind of came from. So where, where exactly did you get your start with maybe just fitness in general? Um, I've always been interested in being in the gym and the training aspect of it more so than even competing at any level so even you know in grade school uh through high school i played baseball for a while but i was more interested in the actual like training process of that than i was in Hmm. in actually playing baseball um so always just enjoyed being in the gym for for whatever reason i just like the the process of it um and that had always been the case so you know intramural stuff through college and always was in the gym though uh, regardless of what those little extra curricular pursuits were and getting out of undergrad um, you know had a business degree and went to Xavier for grad school for education and and uh, English you know kind of thought I wanted to do that uh, teach in high school but uh, it was always in the gym and you know had a had a break in between graduating and then potentially getting hired and and had always been doing this CrossFit type stuff. So even back in 2000, well, it must've been 2006, 2007, kind of found that website and just kind of sat around and looked at it, checked in on it every day. And there's like, there's no way I'm gonna be doing this or there's no way I'm gonna do that. Uh, and then eventually, you know, something pops up where you're like, yeah, I can do that. Uh, test it out and you get 
absolutely crushed with it. Um, <laughs> do you, you have one of those workouts that you remember that was like, wow, that oh, was... Oh, yeah. Uh, it was the... What was it? Linda? The three, oh. three bars of death, which should be an indication. Yeah, right. <laughs> which should be an indication. But, you know, I'd, I'd been in the gym, so I, I knew how to deadlift or thought I did. I obviously knew how to bench because, uh, you know, we all benched. And then I was like, uh, all right, cleans, I can kind of figure that out. But that's a whole lot more approachable than some of the stuff that would come up on, on the main site. Uh, so did that as the first workout, and I think it took, I don't know, it was at least 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and I had, and there were several breaks in there to strip plates off all of the bars um, and, you know, got done with it. And I remember people coming over like, are you okay, man? Uh, like, <laughs> where, yeah, do you feel great. Do, where where'd you do that at? It was at an urban active. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it was urban active in, in Hyde Park. Yeah, and it, it had to have been 2007. That yeah. is too funny. That's actually where Mark and I met for the very first really? time. 2010. Yeah. I was just, I just went in there and lifted heavy weights. Cause that's what, you know, that's what we do. Yeah. And Jared was over there. He there's was some a, he guy was really good at double unders. I will say that. He's there's always a, been. Yeah. <laughs> there's a guy, there's a guy there that had like a rope hanging off one of the things. So yeah. he did a rope climb workout and, uh, I remember just finding, doing the same exact, I had a buddy who introduced me to it, um, and same thing, looking at it, and I'm like, and you definitely cherry pick, because it would be like, because I thought the cross, or dot com programming, it'd be like, push jerks, three, 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 and I'm like, well, that's stupid, I'm not doing that. That's <laughs> not a workout. You wait, yeah, you wait for a long, a long Metcon to pop up. And that's not going to get my calves at all. That's right. right. I remember doing Helen distinctively at Urban Active and running 400 meters on the treadmill upstairs. Mm-hmm running downstairs to do kettlebell swings with a dumbbell, with a dumbbell yep. and then doing pull-ups on a TRX On a machine. TRX, I did the exact same thing. <laughs> and it took like 20 minutes. Like, oh, I'm oh, so yeah. good at this. Yeah, and you're like checking the the film room with the treadmills to see what movie's playing. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, all right. Face-off is on. Right? I can do that. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. face-off. <laughs> there's not even a gym there anymore, right? Uh, no, it's not a gym. It's just empty. Empty. Yeah. Wow. Move on in, Steven. Yeah, I think the rent is a bit of a bump from, yeah. from yeah. here. Right. Uh, so that's that's and that's that's awesome. And so you got your start kind of just in a traditional gym. Where did you make this leap of of I'm gonna kind of maybe do this maybe as my my full time fitness regimen? Yeah. So I mean, it was that day actually when mm-hmm. I did Linda and I was laying there and went home. I was like, this is awesome. Like I haven't felt like that ever. Yeah. Um, there's got to be something to this, or it's, I mean, at the very least strangely pleasurable yeah uh, and the next day that came up was another one that probably should not have done uh it had roughly 150 i don't remember the exact uh structure but it had about 150 l pull-ups and glute ham sit-ups oh yeah so it was like a combo of <laughs> two things that you know no beginner should ever really touch uh and that one was another one that probably took an hour that should have taken 15 minutes but got through it and you know, kind of similar thing. And I just kept going from there. Uh, even with the ones, you know, a week later that, you know, a month prior, I never would have done just because I'm like, oh, this is dumb. This is kind of a waste of time. But, you know, after you do all those L pull-ups and you do Linda, then all of a sudden push jerk three, 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 three. It doesn't yeah. really sound that bad because mm-hmm. you're okay with only being there for 20 minutes yeah, and, then, and exactly. then going home. So I started doing that and, you know, other people there, I'd be like, oh, what is this, what's this kid doing? Uh, and brought in rings. I was friends with some of the trainers there and some of the actual managers there. So, 
they let me hang rings from the balcony where all the other people are doing their yeah um, ellipticals. They're doing their elliptical, which I was still doing at the time afterwards because you know push jerk three 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 wasn't it wasn't enough. So we all go do the elliptical for a half hour uh, or whatever the case is, but would hang the rings there and then kind of slowly some other people started you know hopping in. It was mostly the trainers at the time, and one of them uh, kind of in a similar situation to me after I graduated wasn't in a situation to, to start a job right away. And we had a little extra cash laying around and it was, it was one of those deals where it's like, I don't really know what I want to do, uh, but I'm not going to be doing anything to actually make a living for at least nine months uh, before I could potentially get hired to teach. Um, do you want to open a little gym? Worst case scenario, you know, we buy some equipment and you know, everything goes horribly wrong and we have a little bit of equipment to take home and you know, we each have a nice garage gym and then yeah. we go on with our lives. But that was in 2008 and you know, at the time, I think there was only, it was just Reiner. Reiner was the only one in, yep. the, in the city who had, a, had an affiliate. CrossFit uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, CrossFit Cincinnati, and they're, they just moved up to Blue Ash. But yeah, I, mean, I heard that, yeah. Yeah, uh, so they've been over in Pleasant Ridge, a few, you know, five miles away from us here. Uh, but it just never, we didn't know what we were doing, but we didn't have to at the time because there wasn't anyone else who knew what they were doing. Yeah, right. right? So that was, that was the general, market. Yeah. general right. consensus with... Uh, pretty much everything back then and and what we try and strive to tell our people now which is like we made all of the mistakes oh yeah please listen to us so you don't have to right you know and and every now and then you get the people who really will take take heed and, and listen and uh but you do have your you see them less and less you're you're really hard-headed people that that completely blow off everything you're saying right right um but so so you open a small gym and and how do you get because was it it's has it always been here uh, no, we were about a mile away from here and about a, I mean, it was the worst imaginable uh, location to attempt to run a business out of. You know, it was the first commercial space on a otherwise residential street uh, that had some questionable neighbors. Uh, so, you know, we'd be running like 400s and you got to like watch, I mean, you get contact buzz from some of the houses you that go. you're running mm -hmm. by and you got to like watch out for, is that a needle? I don't know, right. yeah. but I'm going to avoid it anyway. Um, and so, you're, and you're also talking about even just a mile away. Not now. This whole area is pretty right. pretty up and developed, and that was not the case back then. Either. Yeah, it it wasn't, and that was still like it's still a semi questionable street in the area. Yeah, uh, but the rent was 600 bucks a month, and the, it was month to month. So you know, for two people who had no clue what they were doing and weren't even sure if they were going to be around in three months, it was an ideal setup for Perfect. us. Right. Uh, yeah, but I mean. This place isn't greatly insulated. You know, we can see in between the cracks in the wall and look outside, sure. but that place was, you, you had to like, I mean, it was, it was probably dangerous. Sure. Uh, you know, using the restroom was not a pleasant thing, particularly in the, the winter, because you could basically see outside. Uh, and, you know, I don't know, I never saw in, but you could definitely see out. So yeah. there was always, all right, I got to get in and get out. Yeah. Um, and it, it, was, it was an interesting start. But again, nobody else was doing that type of stuff. And, yeah, that's what, you know, right. Yeah, Reiner's Ryan, yeah, gym was in a traditional, like, bodybuilding style gym. Yeah, and he had that right. little tiny spot. What, yep. what was his name of his, like, gym? Das Gym. Das Gym. Das yeah. Gym, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, was, I actually looked up that gym and mm -hmm. I wanted to, because before I found CrossFit, I was all about squat, deadlift, bench. And I'm like, God, it looks like a hardcore gym. And I, I think I might have seen that they did CrossFit, but I, again, I didn't know what it was at the time. I remember the very first year of the Open, and we went because that was we like went from gym to gym, mm -hmm. and and did one of the you know what was it eleven or was it ten? Mm -hmm. It was ten, two thousand ten or two thousand eleven. They no, did they the didn't open. do the Open ten. It was eleven. Two thousand eleven, yeah. and I remember going, and it was just this little like 
six horse stall mats right mm-hmm. in the middle of a room and then like a four person pull up rig and like I think that I was even the CrossFit area. I, I think I got stepped on doing push ups there. Yeah. yeah. So like, oh, yeah. Sorry man, I'm trying to work out. But again, that was that's how it was. <laughs> that's what it was back yeah. then. So where do you make this leap from I'm gonna take time off from being a teacher until I get a job to like, well this is definitely something I'm gonna pursue. Yeah, it was it was organic. When we again when we opened we had no idea like what was gonna happen. You know, we started with a couple of friends and, and clients of the guy who I opened the, the business with originally, Brent. He moved down to Georgia a couple of years later and opened his own gym, which is doing pretty well. Uh, so, it, you know, we had a couple of his clients because he was a trainer at, at Urban Active. Um, and then, like, you know, when we got contacted by the first person who we didn't know, it was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. All right, sure, you can come in. I guess we have to charge you. That's kind of a weird thing for us. And you right. whisper um, to somebody and say, what do we charge them? Yeah, right. <laughs> How do we do this? Um, are they really? And then they don't bat an eye when you tell them what you're going to charge. And you're like, all right, well, this is this is interesting. And then so it just kind of grew from there. Mm. A year down the road, we had, you know, we were doing well and paying for everything, paying ourselves a little bit. So like even like right out of the gate, relatively quickly into the the process we were somewhat successful enough to continue doing it to the point where then it became successful enough for me to say all right well this is this is a legit job i can you know make a living doing this and then eventually growing it into something that's a career and you know long-term solution for income sure which again i'd always just loved being in the gym too so you know it was kind of the best of of everything right right? if i can make a living off of it if it's involved you know, all the stuff that I'm interested in and playing around with outside of the gym, uh, you know, reading about training, all that stuff. So I can implement that and get paid for it. This is great. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I had the teaching degree. So, I mean, it is teaching. So it was kind mm. of a combination of, of everything that I'd, you know, done in college, but not ever really applied. Where do right? you, that's, that's super that's, interesting. That's, awesome. that's an interesting point. So how, what are the types of things that you can carry over from, like taking a teaching degree and putting it into sports because because i basically i think just from you saying it the way i could see it going is is a lot of like i can probably communicate in a way that a lot of people don't have that same skill is that something they they would actually teach you to (laughs) to go through is that just like this is how you teach someone that's it well that would be going down a whole other rabbit hole uh that may not be you know, pertinent to anything gym related, but you know, the teaching programs, even at Xavier, which was supposedly a great program, I just don't think prepares teachers to teach. Uh, you're in a classroom, but not teaching Sure. Uh, for the majority of the time. And you get, you know, you have one semester of student teaching and then you have a couple like practicals where you're in a, uh, you're following somebody for anywhere from two to six weeks. Uh, in starting in that classroom for, as a true teacher, I don't think anyone's yeah. really prepared. Uh, but I think the same qualities that would make somebody a decent coach also are the same qualities that would make somebody a decent teacher. Um, so if you have those, you'd probably be okay in either one of those professions. It's just a matter of who you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Um, and you know whether or not you can retain the interest of those people, whether they're students or clients, uh, it's, it's the same thing to me. What kind, of, what kind of things do you look for in a coach? Um, whether just hiring or just someone you come across, you're like, wow, the guy's girl's got it together. Yeah, uh, personality more than anything and being able to relate and interact with different other personalities, yeah. right? So there's tons of people who have technical knowledge and can you know, assess people and look at them lifting or moving and say, all right, well, that person's great at you know, these movement patterns and they're a good athlete or they're not a good athlete or they need to work on this or that. 
uh, but then communicating that to that person. Some people are terrible at it and other people are good at it, right? And there's the full spectrum of it. So sure. uh, you have to have a little bit of all of those things. There has to be some technical knowledge, uh, but it has to be combined with knowing how to relate that and communicate that to the, the client. I think, I, I think that's, uh, sorry to jump in. Um, I think that's also what makes a good teacher to your point. You know, there's a lot of great teachers out there that probably know a lot of information about their individual subject. But I think when you look at the elite trainers or teachers, whatever you want to say, they can put it in the most simplistic form, but also relate it to each student or in our in our field um, client. Yeah, I, I'd agree. And if you're if you're talking about coaching as far as traditional like CrossFit classes, yeah, you have to be able to command a group of people and keep mm -hmm. them on task and make every individual feel like they're getting some personal attention uh, within a group setting, which isn't necessarily the easiest thing to do, particularly, I mean, I'm sure you guys, yeah. I mean, anyone who's done this for long enough knows that there are, you know, sometimes you get through a class and you're like, oh, I don't know if I really like mm -hmm. connected with everybody or, or made improvements in each individual that day. Uh, but that's what you have to try to do, I think, to be a good coach. Yeah. And as long as you can present the information of what the training is that day, how it's supposed to be carried out, uh, and make somebody think that they have some sort of improvement that day, right? right? And not just like tricking them into thinking that they made some right. improvement, but you know, giving them a piece of information that maybe they can take and retain and, and improve their movement or get a little bit more out of that 60 minutes if that's what your class structure is. And I think, I think there's two things that you mentioned there that, are, that definitely ring true with um, what we see a lot is, is A, relatable, so you, you have to be relatable to every, every type of person, every fitness level, every uh, walk of life that comes to your door. And B, you always have to be expanding your knowledge. Because if you have a person who's been here for five years, you can't tell them knees out for five years. Right. Uh, you have to either A, learn a new way to explain it, or B, expand your knowledge to give them some more information. Right. Uh, and then the other part of that is, is you know, being relatable and being empathetic. You know, just because you can do 50 wall balls unbroken does not mean that person can do 50 wall balls unbroken. You have to be able to bring yourself down to their level and say, I've been there, you right. know, um, you know, Mark and I try and do it pretty much with, with everyone that walks through doors. Like, cause we all did that Linda Walker or yeah, Nancy, whatever your workout is. I remember you've, doing, been, you've been humbled, but I remember CrossFit. doing Nancy at, at, uh, CrossFit Northern Kentucky and like my right arm going numb. Yep. And I'm just like, well. I don't know why that's Man, everybody's that, arms used to get so numb on overhead yeah, squats. I know. And maybe my, we my just wrist. don't do Nancy anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, what was that, 75 overhead yeah, squats? That, that radial nerve, and you're just like, Yeah, I can't oh, remember the last on. time we had people in a class do 75 overhead squats. Yeah. Like, yeah it just hasn't happened. But it used to be like 50% like fifty of people used to get jacked up wrists or their entire arms would go numb for a right, day. Right, right. So it's in, and being able to be like, hey, I've been there, like, and this is, again, what we talked about early on in the podcast, which was listen to my dumb mistakes so you don't, mm. so you don't have a numb arm for right. three days. Right, You know, you don't want that. Then, then A, you can't train. B, like, it's just bad for all of us, you know? It's no fun for anybody when you're in that, in that yep. state. And so. knowing that, like, going back to Linda, knowing what Linda, after you've done it a few times, knowing what it should feel like. Mm. Yeah. It sure. shouldn't be 45 minutes. Yeah. Right? Setting so that there was a bunch of, right. yeah. So that's what we do. And that's what we look for in our coaches, whether they have that initially or, you know, all of them have come from inside the gym. So they've been training in this environment and, you know, this structure of a program for a long time. Um, so, you know, being able to say, Hey, this is the intent of today. This should be an eight to 10 minute 
piece and it should feel like this, right? And yeah. then you have the experience, you can describe that uh, and be able to say, all right, so Jared, you're gonna use this weight on this because I've seen you work out for two years and I know you're good at this portion and need work on this. So to make this an eight to 10 minute, like high breathing effort piece, here's what I would recommend you do. And then yeah. it's on you. And then Mark, you might be the opposite. So like, yeah, I am. you're gonna need to work on some <laughs> yeah. different things, but the goal for us and the goal for my coaches to be able to say at the end of the day, like, hey, we have 10 different people in here. They all have different skill levels and they're all like at a different point along their like CrossFit mm -hmm. path. Uh, but they all got, they all look the same afterwards, yeah. right. Right? right? So like whether you've been a regionals athlete uh, or you're only in here for the second week of your, your CrossFit mm -hmm. life, you know, everyone was laying on the floor afterwards, but then was able to get up or everybody just walked away from it because that was the intent of that day. So that's what we really look for uh, eventually in our coaches to be able to say, all right, well, we have 10 different people here. Here's what the intent is. You got to be able to explain that to them so that they know what it should feel like. And people still screw it up all the time, uh, but that's okay. They only screwed up a few times before they realize, like, oh, all right, well, you know, they told me it should have felt like this and I was obliterated after two minutes and there were still eight minutes left. So, yeah. you know, I need to make an adjustment. So as long as they can reflect on that and then afterwards say, you know, maybe approach that member and say, all right, well, you know, what could you have done to change what that felt like a couple minutes in, Sure. right? And then mm -hmm. are you gonna remember that next week when we have a similar prescription right. or not? Um, yeah, so being able to do that is what we really look for. Well, Person about personality, being personable, uh, and then explaining the intent and being able to follow through in that. And if you screw up, you screw up, but at least you can say, all right, well, what can we learn from that? And then let's, let's do this next time. Right. I know one of the, one of the things that we constantly struggle with, whether it's just in our personal daily life, but a lot of our people that come through the door that want to, you know, uh, conquer the world in a week, the toughest thing we, we constantly kind of talk about in our coaching meetings, so on and so forth is teaching patience wonder if you can maybe add to that like as far as just whenever people might walk through your door obviously you have a good pedigree of training athletes and you're a very intelligent guy um in regards to getting people to the next level um again any any anything that any insights into whenever people are coming to you thinking like hey i need i want to go to the crossfit games and they maybe don't even have a muscle up or something like that right uh i mean you said it it's just got to you look for patience in people mm -hmm. right sure. and, and to be able to explain you know, here's where you sit right now. Here's where you want to get. And here's how long that typically takes. It's like a self-awareness. Like, right, right. Know. And you can't necessarily teach it. But, you know, when you have when you've had a gym for as long as you guys have and as long as we've had. And then you have, I mean, you've you've been on the floor at regionals. You've gone to regionals before on a team, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Did you ever coach? Okay, I, yeah, I qualified one year, but. But you know what it yeah, takes yeah. those years to like do it and so to be able to say hey here's where you are right now you don't have a muscle up let's assess where you are on like upper body pulling strength let's see if there's anything that structurally is going to limit you if there's any pain with certain movements and here's how long it's typically typically going to take and here are the people in our gym who are where you want to go and here's how long they have been here right and here's the process and we say this all the time to people is say you know the people who are look the best in here because that's a major driver for most mm -hmm. people they want to look good uh the people who look the best and the people who are performing the best and the people who are potentially on regionals teams or advancing to masters qualifiers winning local stuff or you know anything like that 
they're the ones who've been here the longest and have not taken long breaks. So it just takes patience and consistency Consistency. and showing up and doing that work. And it's, it's easier as a coach to be able to say, Hey, look at that person. Mm. Chelsea's back there lifting. Look at Chelsea. She's where most females are going to want to get Mm. within CrossFit. This is how long she's been here. This is where she right. started. And here's like the process that it took to get there. Yeah. I love that word, um, the process. And that's, a, again, one of the books, um, The Score Takes Care of Itself by Bill Walsh. It's basically an insight into him taking the 49ers from consecutive years of 2-12 and 12 to back-to-back um, Super Bowl championships. And he attributes that to all of his guys buying in to mm-hmm. the process. And that's, yeah, uh, and that's the faith thing. in your coach, uh, trusting your coach, trusting the programming, knowing that when it's light, it's supposed to be light. Well, it's just like, you know, right. <laughs> yeah, it's when uh, John Wellborn, you know, did the CrossFit football years ago. And I love one of the things he said was he's like, I played nine years in the NFL. And I, pr- you know, he always would say practice, perfect practice, because in reality, I only played three hours, three and a half hours of game time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I practiced for nine years. And, you know, look at a sport like CrossFit. I mean, obvious, I mean, it's obvious to us how much training goes into a 10-minute AMRAP or, what, you know, whatever the workout, fill in the blank, whenever you're at regionals or even the open workouts that some of them are less than five minutes. Like you're training, you know. Anyway, right. it's yeah. all about that process. Absolutely. Uh, you made a segue for, for myself a little while ago because we had, we had lunch or we had, were talking at one point and actually brought up the workout Helen, which was I found super intriguing. And exactly kind of what I talked about the, the very first couple of minutes of the podcast was, was you have a little bit different training style. And what I mean by that is we think of Helen as, you know, three rounds, uh, 40 meter run, 21 uh, kettlebell mm-hmm. swings at 53 pounds, 35 pounds and 12 pull-ups. The way that you kind of describe that workout is it's three, we're going to do three 40 meter runs with 21 swings as heavy as you can do. So, and you said, you know, that may be a 70 pound kettlebell. It may be an 88 pound kettlebell, depending on the person. Sure. That's it. I think that's for a lot of people, like you said, if people come in their first couple of weeks is, well, what is, what's the RX? Right. Like mm-hmm. well, whatever you can do, Yeah. you know, and that, and for a lot of people, they think of like modifying down, but you're almost modifying up in a lot of cases as well. Yeah. So like what we look for, and it goes back to how our coaches describe what they're what the clients are doing that day we say all right it's not helen necessarily it's eight to 12 minutes of high effort aerobic work with a hip extension and an upper body pull right that's what that's how we'll like that's how i think of it in my head because an upper body pull could be a lot of different things yeah and so could hip extension right? right for for most people you're just looking at helen three rounds 400 meter run 21 swings and was 12 pull-ups yep. uh, but some people might get done with that in well not six minutes but you know you're gonna have some people who are gonna That'd be very fast helmet. yeah they're gonna get, <laughs> really fast. they're gonna get done with it and and you know if they've been doing this long enough and it's it's what they're good at great they're gonna they're gonna finish really quickly but yeah. could they have also changed the weight a little bit and finished a minute slower but gotten a different workout maybe sure. it's better maybe it's not doesn't matter but what we don't want is somebody who's going to have to break those kettlebell swings three or four times every set and their just runs are going to take three minutes and they're they're going to be doing singles the entire time on the pull-ups just to be able to say oh well, i did helen check that box right which is fine sometimes like if we're going to test stuff and we want to see where people sit you know we can test but for for the average person who's here just for for health 
Uh, what we really want is eight to 12 minutes of high breathing work that is gonna be pretty unpleasant and they're not gonna have to think too much about the weight of the kettlebell yep. to be able to complete that in a certain time frame. And you actually, you guys have it on your website. Uh, Mark was reading it off on the way over here and I, I found it, I like how it was worded. It's, it's you can do CrossFit for health and you can do CrossFit for sport. Yep. Those are two wildly different things. Right. Mm-hmm. And for, to have people under, fundamentally understand the difference between those two, I think makes you a success because that's really the hard thing for a lot of people is to differentiate between, like I, I told someone the other day, like I, if I never do a pistol again, I'm fine with that. I don't have to do a pistol to be healthy. Right. I have to do pistols if I want to compete, mm-hmm. but I can do single leg Bulgarian split squats. I can do, you know, there's a million different things I can do. They're not going to make me feel that uncomfortable. Right. And put me in a compromising position that a pistol does. Same thing with heavy deadlifts. I mm-hmm. It just, they wreck me, you know, and, and going back to Nancy, overhead squats yeah. are a huge one. There are a lot of people who just probably shouldn't be overhead squatting. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's where you're seeing a lot of gyms go too. is like yeah. really understanding. We've been having a lot of those epiphanies lately, especially mm-hmm. with the, you know, the internal rotation of the shoulder and yeah. we're like, okay, we're going to win the front squats. Just do front squats. Yeah. Right. You know, like just do a goblet squat and you're going to get, like you said, if you do five rounds of these high intense, if you push the run, even if it's a 200 meter run and you come back in and rock out goblet squats and you're on your back at the end of the day, right? you did the same as, as what you could do as the person who did Nancy. Right. Right. And you probably are going to come back the next day and feel pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And that's I, the big thing. Yeah. You know, I had a, uh, we did a partner workout the other day and there was a, it was five rounds and there was, we were basically cutting people off at 30 minutes mm-hmm. and it was at 28 minutes and they just finished their fourth round and they're like, we didn't get through the fifth round. I'm like, did you get a good workout? And then they were covered in sweat. So I knew right. the answer before I asked it, but I was like, is your heart rate up? Did you get a good workout? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. but we didn't get, it's like, did you get a good workout? Yeah. You know, like what is, so it goes back to that premise that you just brought up in his, on his website about what are you training for? Is it a sport or is it like, are you trying to get healthy, get in here, yeah. move and meet the stimulus for the day? And, you know, we explain this to people all the time, but it's completely arbitrary what's put on the board to some extent. Not that mm. there's not ever thought put in and programs sure. are laid out and things like that. But, you know, it could have very easily been as a workout, five rounds of 200 meter run and 15 goblet squats. Yeah. Right. So like there's nothing special about 400 meter run and 15 overhead squats. There's nothing right. special about that. Yeah. It's, you know, breathing and running and squatting. Yep. Right. With some overhead stability. But you can get that similar thing in a different way. And if we put up 200 meter run and 15 goblet squats, then that person who potentially feels like they're doing less work because they're not doing overhead squats, they're going to do everything and feel great. Mm-hmm. So if you can set it up in a way that people are going to feel good regardless of which variation they do, I think that's a win. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Um, I, I, I actually want to brag on you a little bit. Well, I, want, I actually want to talk about basically because we we talked we had Dupree on yesterday, and you know he's had some some success in, in CrossFit and, and things like that. And you've had other athletes as well go to that kind of next level, whether mm-hmm. it be regionals or getting to qualifiers and things like that. Um, what? Why do you think that maybe you've produced those athletes and and? Not that other people haven't, but what makes it, what makes your training maybe just a little bit different? I, there are a lot of things that 
I think are probably slightly different than what a lot of gyms are doing, but I don't know that for sure because I don't know exactly what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Right? Um, what, do you, what are some of the things you think might be different? Because I've always noticed what you guys do so here is a little bit different. I've always admired it, and I thought it. I think one of the first things is there are a lot of people who are capable of writing good programs for either general health or for competition, but a lot of them just don't do it, and they pull comp train, mm. or they run Invictus's competition class. Sure. So, I mean, I, there's a bunch of gyms that run comp train as their like class that's right like now the, in Cincinnati. That's the latest. That is the latest, and apparently yeah. there's another one that's popped up too as right. well. Right, we fell into that bucket for a while. I mean, and again, yeah. when you look and we at used to follow. I mean, I used to have yeah. our competitors do Invictus's track years and years ago, or the original OPT blogs we used to do all the time. <laughs> and that was our like, yeah, that was our sport can we, track, right? Can we just real quick? Just I remember, I remember, <laughs> I remember the day Sorry. Ben Scott. I, yes, I remember. It doesn't even matter how training. Oh yeah, you can do it. It doesn't like, even matter how you finish that sentence. But yeah. I remember one day Ben Scott. Dot, yeah. dot, dot, <laughs> right. I just remember tr- in, in doing was, doing like legitimate CrossFit for like six months and be like, well, I clearly need more. I'm yeah. an expert now. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm an expert now. I've been doing this for six months and I need more. So and you, then you jump, just dive headfirst into a two foot deep pool of oh, just hell. Yeah. And it's like, and then you you Ouch. pretty quick, quickly realize that like there, I have no business doing this right now, and. You know, it's like I've, I can just feel my arm again from doing Nancy. You know, it's like, and then you're in the, and then you're in the gym doing. How the hell do I do 85% of my ability on at, at the time yeah. airdyne bikes? Right. You know, and it's like you don't know what 85% is of your right. max, and it's like mm-hmm. you're just like, well, I'll just go kind of hard, I guess. And and to your point, I think people want to just jump straight to that. Sure. And. If they want to, that's great. But like you said, that expectation has to be met. Of, yeah, and that's this like is a, where you're at, and this is how you have to. It's going to take this long to get there, and this is what you have to do. And, and I think the, the reality, sexy. though, is that that's like a step along the way in people's like CrossFit career, yeah. right? Right. So like yeah. they'll join an affiliate, they'll get into it, they'll they'll be consistent, they'll see improvement potentially. And this is a small segment of the CrossFit population in general. But they'll say, hey, I want to be competitive with this. I saw what these guys are doing, so I want to follow this. Like that's part of the process of people developing, or at least it has been up to this point. It's really rare for somebody to come in with no CrossFit background and say, I think I can go to regionals someday. I don't have any training, but can we lay out a three to five year plan for me to to make it where I want to go? Even if that's the smartest thing, like you could tell somebody, hey, I want to make a three to five year plan. Let's get you to regionals in five years. Like if they're not ready for it to hear that, they're, they're going to go to another gym who's running one of those competition blogs and they're going to get crushed for a couple of months and yep. maybe they make it out on the other side. If they're resilient mm-hmm. enough, maybe they do make it out. Uh, but I don't think a lot of them do. Yeah. So then, you know, a couple of years and back to your point of like, all right, well, how have we had some success? Um, you know, I think we've, we write the programs in here based upon who is actually in the gym running those programs, right? Sure. So like, if we have five people who are in our sport group, the program is specifically written for an avatar of those five people. So we assess them, we test them, we say, all right, as a group, you know, we're weak squatting relative to our, our pooling. Uh, upper body pressing gymnastic stuff is weak. So we'll lay out, you know, what's actually happening with that group after testing them and say, here's what we're going to do over the next three months, year 
to progress these people according to what their goal is yeah. of mm. being as good as they can be in the open, right? And so you don't get that with a general blog that's written for who? Yeah. I, I don't know, 10,000 <laughs> people yeah. following CompTrain? Like, yeah. the same thing if with, you take the three of us and one program is written for us, it's probably not gonna be ideal for any of us. Yeah. Mm. Might be, I mean, if you get lucky, maybe it matches up with everything Jarrett needs. And then Mark and I Which are like, oh, lot. well, this, this squatting <laughs> volume is, is too much for me and it's probably not enough for you and so on. So uh, anytime you expand beyond like one person, a program written for one person, you're gonna have a drop in how perfect that program is for anyone who's following it. Uh, but I'd rather have a program written for five people or, you know, I think currently we have like 20 people who are on that like sport track. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have that than a program written by someone else who doesn't even know who the athletes are. Right. Right. So like at some point in people's CrossFit lives, if they stick it out long enough, they say, yeah, that makes sense. Why am I following Invictus's competition program when it's not written for me? Right. And the coach isn't factoring in anything that I specifically need and isn't there to say, that looks like crap, you need to be doing this, or let's sub this out today because your shoulder hurts. You know, let, I, I want someone to guide me in that process of like going from where I am now to getting where I potentially could be. Uh, and you don't get coach. that on, yeah, you don't get that on a, a templated program online. Yeah, same thing goes for weightlifting too. I mean, yeah. it's just as, as I've been writing more and more programs and it's like, you just, it's really hard to have this blanket program when you're talking about, uh, especially in the sport of weightlifting, you're only talking about two different things, you know? And there's a lot of different things that can happen with different bodies. Oh that, yeah. You know, and it's like, you have to, you have to start to be very specific on how you are directing people or else you're, you're either just lazy or really don't know what you're doing. And the simplest example is, I guarantee you the amount of squatting work and squatting volume and variation that the three of us need are completely different week to week. Yeah. Like what is gonna work for me is not gonna work for you. Yeah. Just knowing what I know about how you're put together and what your numbers are, there's no way we're, we should be on the same program. Because especially if it's percentage-based, like I'll get buried on percentage-based squatting and just be done for a week and my knees feel terrible and you know, you might be able to handle that. You might be able to, I'm guessing you would be more comfortable with higher reps at yeah. closer to a, a max. Whereas I, I'm good for like one rep, literally one squatting rep at 90% I like, I like plus. One. Yeah, you one's, do too, one's right? my favorite number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but if he does only ones at 90% plus, he's probably right, not yeah. going to develop as quickly as you would on that. Mm -hmm. Right? So like, unless you know what people are made of, uh, or at least get an indirect idea of what they're made of by actually testing them, you're just throwing darts. Like yeah. you yeah. just don't know. That's a good analogy. Uh, so I, I think, again, to take it back, first of all, I got really lucky. I, I opened before anyone else did. Yep. Um, and I got lucky with who came in and there were some talented people at the time. So they had success. And then eventually it's like, all right, well, if you're a competitive CrossFitter in the area, you know, where are you gonna go? Like, and so you shop around a little bit and the people who understand what we do, or at least understand enough about what we say that we do and then potentially do, they can compare that to other gyms. Mm -hmm. And some people are gonna say, yeah, I see the value in that. That makes sense to me, so I'm gonna go there. Well, and I think, right? I think for yourself, um, you, you have definitely built a reputation. And again, just, just bragging on you. I mean, I know Mark and I have talked about it. We have kind of a short list of people that we um, say admire kind of like look 
look towards and you're definitely one of them just because you you have carried yourself in that manner where well that's know, cool yeah uh-huh. yeah you know because most of the time we're just flying by the seat of our pants anyway so oh yeah um, i mean i am too but but right? i think but i think the things that we have learned definitely are in line with that whereas like you know we have found that we started doing just weekly previews of what the program is going to be and trying to explain that like we're we're gearing up for Murph right now, so we're we're gonna we're gonna have as big event. We're gonna have as many people there as possible. But trying to explain to people that this is what you should be experiencing when you are doing that workout, and we just did half of it on Monday of this week, mm-hmm. and explaining that this is exactly how this workout should go. And I had the the class that I taught had a couple people where it's like, I just want you to run. You're gonna go run at this time because right. I don't want you to spend 40 minutes doing. 5, 10, 15, 5 pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 air squats, and you not get anything out of it. You know, I want you to try and go quickly until this point and then go run and then come back and push very hard on that. And then what you're doing is you're putting that on them. Yeah. Right? And, it, and Less I try to do that all the time is say, here's what I can offer. Here's my advice. Here's what I've prescribed. It's up to you to execute it. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, then it's still on them. Right? Yeah. And that's the that's part of that process. you got to learn how to how to run whatever workouts are coming up and you got to learn how to pace and nobody does it. Absolutely. I mean, the really good people do it intuitively, but yep. most people take a long time to figure that out. And you can say, I've done Murph this many times yep. and here are my terrible experiences with Murph and here are some good experiences with Murph and here's what the good ones, here's, here's what was involved in that. So sure. then you can say as a coach with a lot of experience, Here's how I want you to think about doing this. But again, that puts it on them and it's up to them to do it. Yeah. And so that's huge. Like you guys have a ton of experience in this sport. So you can say in my experience, yeah, eight years, however long it's been, you know, this is what's worked well. Absolutely. And that's easier for a client to listen to than, well, we opened up six months ago. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was training at another gym for six months and I loved it. So I opened up my own. Right. Yeah. Like, so some people will be drawn to that and other people will be drawn to you guys and us. And usually, and usually then it's like they're, they're drawn to the price. Yeah. Well, by, there, by yeah, there's that too. For six months, you know, and, and, and you definitely, we'll definitely hear that from time to time. It's like, well, they cost this much. And I think one of the best answers we've always come up with, which is this is what we have to charge in order to, to train you properly. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because those are, cause the, the, the complete opposite in spectrum is you can go to planet fitness for, mm-hmm. for next to nothing. And you, know. you can follow that very same comp train. Yeah, you can follow right. it exactly. Yeah. You know, with but, right? but I think they sound an alarm at you at some point. Yeah, at some point. But the point is, yeah, it's exactly that. Which is, is you're gonna, you can get millions. Do of you guys free follow? Templates. Do you guys? You don't follow comp train. We don't have every any, day, Stephen. Yeah. I didn't. Every we day. don't have any. Like three, three minutes ago, I had this yeah. like sinking feeling. Like, uh, oh man, I hope that's. No, not. I respect obviously everything. It's a good that program. Ben yeah, I mean, hundred yeah. percent. It's a it's a very high level blanket program, and I think he saw that a lot of people were following the competitive track and said mm-hmm. this doesn't make any sense. So we're going to create a template in the program for classes. And if yeah. you look at that site, I don't know if you guys have looked at their class stuff. It's really laid out precisely. Like mm-hmm. earlier this week, I, I looked at it. They had Fran, uh, but it wasn't just Fran. It was like from zero to ten minutes. Here's what we're doing from eleven minutes to twenty. Mm-hmm. You're working on this, and there it's broken down in very specific prep for that workout uh which is amazing because that's somebody who really knows what they're doing who's put out a free program that is effective yeah right there's no denying that and he was smart enough to say 
well, what we're doing for our regionals athletes is not what should be done for people who are in affiliate classes. Well, and the the it's been it's been well known for a while now. You can go down that path, which is if you're training for regionals, it's different than training for the open. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred percent different. You know, like you're that was one thing with well, again we we went in that that kind of not trap but we went down that road of like the outlaw way and things like that yeah. and it's like you know great program but it's those guys are training for regionals small enough well, squats squats yeah, you know right Ooh. when you're you're doing 10 by 3 90 percent every saturday for for eight weeks it's like you're you either oh boy you need to be your body needs to be ready or uh, or you need to be doing that program. Yeah, you know? and again, that's what it comes down to is, is this the right program for you, right? Yeah. Right. For the amount of time you have, for what your lifestyle is, do you have a family, do you have a job? Yeah. Well, uh, that, that how much time the... do you have and what do you want to get out of it? So like, it's got to match up for a lot of people that uh, some of those templates are perfect matches for them to or really point, close to it. So great, do it. But point, for some people, it's not. A hundred percent. So when you ask like, do we follow that? We actually don't have any competition training whatsoever yeah and it's only because not only because not that our people couldn't handle it but we have a lot of people who have the your everyday life stuff and you know um and just from personal experience it 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 created this weird divide you know mm-hmm. you have to be very careful on how you're doing uh it's not to say we will never do it yeah you know, but, it's just not where we're at. Oh, right I now. don't. I don't think it's been the most lucrative path for me as yeah. a business owner to have a sport track and a health track if it had just been you know health for yeah. everybody uh i don't know it probably would have been a lot less headaches over the years yeah. and and probably would have more members right now but yeah. that's okay because i enjoy doing both of them exactly. so sure. if i didn't have that other side of it i don't think i'd get as much out of running a gym yeah one of the conscious decisions we made whenever we had that conversation was starting a weightlifting club because mm-hmm. people you know ultimately hey if you want to be a competitor um, we believe enough in our general GPP programming. You couple that with, with weightlifting, and, and obviously we still provide personal training, one-on-one mm-hmm. coaching. We can get you to where you want to go, but you're not going to be put on a pedestal, and you're not going to be able, allowed to do you know, heavy grace while we're coaching a class right, you yeah. know, in the middle of the gym. So I think that's, that conversation is had up front with people we've had come through the door, and, and they just usually don't come back. Right. But, um, yeah, so... I've looked. I looked at uh, comp train recently as well. I'm currently doing the gym's programming. We we kind of trade off, um, and I just look at the time commitment. Yeah. You know all these. Uh, you know snatch and clean and jerk and then squat and then accessory and then metcon, and it's just one of those things where I'm like, holy crap! Like that is just so much volume. Obviously, they've they, hopefully they've worked up to that appropriately. Mm-hmm. But when I look at that, the thought of jumping into that like just terrifies me. I'm like, oh. That's gonna that's gonna leave me not able to walk for right. yeah yeah. And again, he put out that class or the affiliate. Yeah, I didn't see track. that one. I would and like to look at that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really interesting, and mm. you know, you can spend a lot of time looking at it and saying, yeah, well, what, that's a really smart warm up. Mm-hmm. There's a really smart tons method of value for building to that. I've seen even CrossFit.com uh, do more stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, their they're... Instagram page is pretty cool, yeah, where they'll is. run through like how to scale it and different options, and you know how to warm up for all of it. Uh, and and look. When it, when I'm saying, hey, we write our own programs in here, that's not to say that I don't rip off everybody else's stuff. Oh, my God. Because yeah. it happens all the, the time, cut. right? Yeah. yeah. I, I 100% just I just recently through a, the USAW sports performance coaching seminar, just totally stole their warm-up. And yeah. Because it was I, I got done with it, and I was like, this was amazing, and it took three and a half minutes. Yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> you know? So, like... It, nothing's new with all, with any of this stuff. So right. you see something, you're like, all right, well, that actually applies to what we want our people doing. Yeah. So great, take it. 
yeah but, but don't blindly take it you know what i mean and i'm sure it's it's, it's one of those things right, with you, you're thinking. putting a lot of thought into it and like jared said hey this applies to what we're doing yeah. but you know to the original point like so many people are just hopping into these programs with not no thought beside i want to be the best mm -hmm. and that person being the best it might be just hey man you just need to improve your air squat right you know and let's start there you know or, or so on and so forth but yeah i agree man yeah um so it's been a, obviously quite a journey for you. Um, where where do you kind of see? So you did you? How long have you been in this actual building? This building, a little over six years. Okay. So actually, it might be seven. Yeah, and it's and it's definitely changed. Is this your ten year? This will be our ten year. Wow, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. In November. That's yeah. awesome. awesome. That's yeah, it's be, pretty cool. It's exciting. Plus, you got Mad Street right down. We'll the have you guys up. We'll we'll do something. Have yeah. everybody who's ever yeah, ever been be a fun. part in any way. We'll cool. we'll invite them to. To kind of celebrate with that'd be so pretty fun. Ten years is a long should time. Should be a good year. Double. Yeah. We're only on five uh, in October. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, you know, we were you were involved longer, right? Yeah. 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 Jumping Since. around from here to there. Yep. Uh, so what what's what's for the next ten years? Where you think you'll be you'll be going? Because this place has changed quite a bit. Yeah. Um, it's great. Just gym. since I've been around and and visited here and there, and like I said, it's been outdoor rig, and then this guy back here is mm -hmm. new, and so where's uh, what's the next step for you guys? Yeah, I mean, we're on a month-to-month -month lease here, which is great. That's easy. Uh, That's good. We're in a great location. I, I would love to I, I would love to build out from the ground up a, an actual facility. Uh, and that's a longer-term thing because it's hard to find some land in this area mm -hmm. for any reasonable price. But I, I think we've gotten here without too much thought put into it, mm -hmm. which is just kind of my style. And, again, maybe that kind of slowed down progress in some ways, but it's overall been successful. So uh, I, I don't do a great job at mapping things out and saying, all right, well, here's where I want to be in three years. Um, it's more of a day-to-day -day thing and, and making sure that I'm enjoying everything uh, and checking in every once in a while, obviously, as everybody does and say, like, all right, well, you know, if I put in a little work in this area, is it going to lead to more enjoyment on a day-to-day -day basis? So then, yes, great, we'll try to implement that stuff. Or no, eh, we won't worry about it. I think that's a great, uh, great thing to live by is... is is, well, is maybe, maybe it is. We'll it, see. It, it isn't, <laughs> you know, but, but there's something to be said about that. You know, I think we can, Mark and I talk about this a lot. We're just in it so much that you're like, you're either blinded by certain things that need to change or like we're, we're so obsessed with making this one thing perfect that, mm -hmm. like you said, we're not, we're not enjoying this now. Right. You know, that has to be a key component because that's the reason we all started doing this. Yeah, and if you don't enjoy it, I guarantee it's not going to be successful with your members because they're not going to have a great experience interacting with you going back to like what makes a good coach well you have to be personable and enthusiastic and if you don't want to be there that neither of those is going to happen yeah yeah that's i love that that's man so yeah i mean i don't know i don't have it laid out and it's probably smart to lay it out um i would love to have a a new facility built up and own that and that's just from the business side of it but you know from the day to day uh, i'm just going to continue to let it let it grow yeah. uh, and you know we try to refine stuff as we go um, you know, how our coaches coach is different now than it was two years ago. And, you know, some onboarding processes are still getting worked out. And we just kind of go back and, and forth and say, all right, well, we should do this. And sometimes it happens right away. And other times it takes a year Mark, or never I just happens. I had a quick question. Um, how much, you don't have to put a dollar or anything mm -hmm. on it, but like how much time, I guess, are you spending a month, just generally speaking, on educating maybe yourself and your, and your staff or personally and you know, and that doesn't have to be like going to camps. It could just be just yeah. reading and so on and so forth. 
Uh, not enough is probably <laughs> the easiest answer because some months it's not much much at all. Fair enough. Um, and it's it's usually in an informal method with our coaches. So we don't sit down as a group and discuss stuff. It's just not we haven't done that, and it's something we probably should do. I think we we're in the same boat there. Is why I asked because we just had a conversation the other day. I was like, dude. We need to start start spending more money on yeah. you know, just just every month or and again it doesn't be money just more time right. on talking to people like yourself because again you're, you're uh, have so much knowledge and you're right up the road um, or going to camps and whether mm-hmm. it's OPT or whatever CrossFit you know so on and so forth and I'm just I was just curious yeah so that I mean that's the answer is not enough yeah uh, I think everybody is it, is it everyone enough? everyone yeah. everyone would say that you could yeah. spend or I will I'll rephrase it like almost none yeah, <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> right? fair. so and I'll go through phases where that's like a, a bigger priority for me uh, and, and I'm just not in one of those phases right now and your none is still like you said you're you still have enlightened us on like hey you know the the comp train they offer this and so yeah. you know you're still obviously looking at stuff it's yeah it's just maybe like you said not as dedicated as you might like it to be sure definitely so. not yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I'd, we we ask everyone here uh, which is the very last question before we end which mm-hmm. is a very simple question but I'm intrigued to hear what you have to say which is uh, what is your definition of fitness personally or for sure you don't, know f- don't screw this up <laughs> there's, there's no pressure we only ask everyone I only heard you ask Dupree and then haven't had a good answer in my head <laughs> uh well, I mean, it depends, right? That's the the go-to coaching answer for everything. But, but it, it, but it really does that. depend for, for fitness. So, it, you know, the first step is, you know, do you have an actual honest goal, right? And, you know, what do you want to be doing day-to-day in your life? Uh, is that the truth? Is what you say you want to be getting out of your time in the gym or outside of the gym, is it truly what you want to be getting out of that time? Uh, and then are you capable of doing that? And if you're capable of doing that, then you're fit. And if you're not, then you're not. Uh, so I don't think there's like a blanket. You have to be able to back squat body weight X number of times, right? Uh, if you don't care about that stuff, then it's not going to improve. Then you're not fitter. Right. Right. Um, so for me, it's being able to train five days a week uh, and not feel like crap in the morning. Right. I think that's great. You know. And so for other people, if you're trying to make it to to regionals or advance beyond um, just the open then the definite definition of fitness is completely different for those people because then it is tied to your performance and what you're capable of doing with your body. Uh, and th- that's totally different than, oh, I just want to be able to squat without pain. Sure. Right? So, you know, we have people in here who 60 plus years old and, you know, we have one woman in particular who came in and, you know, it was basically her, her children brought her in and said, you know, if she falls over, we're not sure if she's going to be able to get up. So, like, for her, fitness is totally different. She can get up now off the yeah. ground, right? The and she can carry stuff and she can push stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is a burpee. It's literally a burpee. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's her fitness. My fitness is a little different. Um, and then your guys' fitness is probably a little different, too. And my fitness now is different than what it was five years ago when I was like, oh, maybe I have a shot to do something. But yeah. then everybody else came into it. And no, you don't have a <laughs> shot to do anything. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's just it, I think it changes all the time. But it's just being capable of doing the day-to-day stuff that you actually enjoy doing and matches up with what you say you want to be doing. Yeah. 
That's mm. great. I think stuff. that's going to be our next T-shirt. It's just going to say it depends. Yeah. yeah. It is, it is, it is the yeah. definitive answer for it, just about everything. Yeah, it is. And that's why, like, how should I do this workout? It depends. depends. What do you want to get out of it? <laughs> what weight should I use? Uh, I don't depends. know. It depends. That's but, man, it makes things easy. Right? It right. does because it, it really it opens up a question again of, of the very simple question of why. Right. You know, why are you here? Why are you doing this? Why do you show up every day? And, mm -hmm. and that can change uh, depending on, on yeah, your goal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to thank you personally for, for yeah. being on yeah, with man. us today. Thanks so and, much. Uh, thanks for having us up here. And thank you all for listening to Everyday Athlete. Join us next week as we dive deep into the lives of those who make us great. Thanks, Steve. Mm. Yep. Good stuff.